the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. What a great day to celebrate the Lord and share your faith and pray. So let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you and thank you, Lord, for the season, season of Hanukkah, the season of Christmas, the season, Lord, that uh, people are hopefully smiling and just enjoying their faith in you, Lord, and that you are the reason for the season. So, Lord, we love you, we praise you and honor you and just ask that this uh, message in this uh, th- this program would ring true in the hearts of people and it would activate them, really activate them to follow you and dedicate their lives to you in a stronger way. So we bless you and thank you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay. It is important to understand that the more celebrations we have, that focus on the Lord, the more we remember, the more we observe, the more we focus on God, the more we're thankful for who he is in our life. So celebrations are great, and I pray that many of you will use the Hanukkah Haggadah to enrich your life with the Lord, and you are already um, you thinking of who you are inviting to your house to celebrate Hanukkah with you. If for if you don't have a Haggadah, well, you can, I guess you can ask for one tomorrow and we can get you one for the last few days of Hanukkah. So uh, ask for that. It's, it's a 30-page booklet. It will help you with your Hanukkah blessings. And you can connect to the Shoresh David website and under um, Hanukkah, and see all the Hebrew and the blessings and the songs and so on. So, remember from, uh, and by the way, 
tonight is the first night of Hanukkah, right? (laughs) Okay. Remember from last week, the Shamish is the highest candle on the menorah, yet the lights, um, even though it's the highest, it acts as a servant, and it lights all the other candles, which is reminding us of our relationship with Yeshua. Even though he is highest, he serves us, and he and and we reflect the light that he gives off, and then we need to serve others by passing our light to them. So uh, pay it forward, as they say, right? <laughs> Last week, we talked about the themes of Hanukkah, that deliverance, that God delivered the Jewish people, and he wants to deliver us from sin and death. Secondly, we want to be cleansed, those um, that through God, uh, the final cleansing, just like the Jews had to clean up the temple, we have to clean up our temple, our mind, our heart, our spirit. And dedication, the word Hanukkah means dedication. And as Jews dedicate the temple to God, we have to dedicate our lives, um, you know, to uh, because we are the temple of God, right? By following him always and, and making him number one in our lives. Then uh, number four, the fourth theme we were in the middle of, that's light. Hanukkah is also called the celebration of lights. And the menorah is a nine-branch candelabrum. And traditionally, one candle is higher than all the others. It's called the shamas, meaning servant. It lights the other candles each night. And though most Jewish people don't recognize Yeshua, do not see this this concept that the higher candle serves the others by lighting it. It's unique and a wonderful picture of Yeshua, our Messiah, bringing us a light. He is the highest, yet servant of all. Also, as the candles are lit by the shamus, we understand our light comes from him. As one of our uh, us receives God's light, the room gets brighter, Right? And the more candles that are lit, the the light becomes brighter in that room. And that's how we become a community of light. The more I light and you light and we all kind of light up before the Lord, then then our community becomes a community of light. In John 1, 9, it says that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. John 8, 12 says, Then Yeshua spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Amen? All right. The fifth theme is the shamus, the servant, higher than others, but serves by bringing light to the others. Mark 10 Verses 44 and 45, And whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And we see that also in Matthew 20, uh, 26 through 28. Hanukkah 
teaches us to serve. No matter what position we're placed in, we are to serve others. And one way is to bring them the light of Yeshua. Look, there's a sequence to these themes. We're delivered, then we're cleansed, then we dedicate our lives to God, then we are a light to the nations for his glory by becoming a servant. Great themes of Hanukkah. I love it. And uh, a number of us, uh, as an example, went to pray at Metropolitan Ministries over the people who were receiving food. That was one of the ways that people in our congregation uh, was a light to uh, people in need. It was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Look, we see the beauty and meaning of this holiday through its themes. However, Hanukkah, I believe, also has a lesson to be learned about a warning, a warning to us. Warning, warning, (laughs) right? Hanukkah alerts us to the fact that just as the temple was defiled, our physical temple can also be defiled. So this week, I really want to focus on those things that keep us, that stop us from experiencing all of of what God wants us to have. There is a spiritual war going on. Are you familiar with that? Do you realize there's a war going on? Though we don't see it, it's there. You know, years ago, I read a book that opened up my eyes to spiritual warfare. If you have not read this book, please get it. It's like 30 years old or something. It's called This Present Darkness. And I'm telling you, it will open your mind up to spiritual warfare, and it's a great story, too. So it's you'll, you'll love the plot. It's just as if it were happening today, believe me. And uh, so, But this warfare comes in many forms. So I want to talk about five aspects of this warfare that you should watch out for in your life, because... Even though there are five different ones, it kind of falls under one broad category, and that is do not have other gods before the one true God. Amen? Okay, so this attack on our temple, so to speak, our bodies, our minds, our spirits, comes from unusual places, you know, and, and they seem to be beneficial in the beginning, or they make sense. You think they're good things, but they lead to darkness and great problems, and that's why it's warfare, and that's why it's such difficult warfare, because they come as a light, but they really are darkness. Wow. What are the five things that defile our temple? They are what I call isms. (laughs) You know what an ism is? It's what comes at the end of the word. (laughs) Okay, so number one, Hellenism. Number two, progressivism. Number three, relativism. Number four, emotionalism. And number five, super spiritualism. Okay, 
So these sins or these uh, isms uh, or these uh, terms, I believe, are all intermingled. And though they're different, they support each other and give people that sense of doing things correctly, even though they're not. It, it's kind of like the scripture that we read in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust and not deny with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. So as I discuss these five defilements, these sins, they might seem good because we're leaning on our own understanding. But when we lean on God's understanding and his word, we will realize that these are what leads to a terrible, terrible things in our culture. So let's start with Hellenism. And Hellenism is a word that means importing a culture more important than the culture of God. This is what was happening um, in the time of the Maccabees prior to Antiochus. Things were great and they were allowed to practice their faith. And, and because things were so great, they started to assimilate into the Roman culture. And uh, when Antiochus took over, things got bad in a hurry. So Hellenism is importing a culture uh, more important than the culture of God. So this is, as I said, this is the broad defilement that leads to all the other defilements. Our American culture becomes more important than the culture of God. This would be an ex- a modern-day example of it. It's ironic that the very freedoms that we have as Americans lead us away from God. It's subliminal, but it's true. We don't know it's happening. That's why it's so deceptive. That's why many people skip services or go twice a month rather than attend weekly. Other things take priority, right? Am I wrong? (laughs) Don't you notice that the attendance in wherever you're going, to church, to Messianic synagogue, people are going less frequently because other things take priority. Okay, another thing is that all of our modern conveniences have the potential to defile us, and we, we uh, again, this is part of the American culture, and that is, well, now it's part of the culture of the world. Our iPhones, our, our Facebook, our TV, our movies, this is the culture of the world, and this has become more important than God. Uh, Or another one is our need to keep up with our friends and neighbors is part of the American culture, which is now saying to us that God is not as relevant as he used to be, right? Or we embrace the culture of the world for different reasons. Number one, it feels good. Two, we don't want to go against what seems to be popular, 
and what the media tells us we should believe. It just seems that we'd be going the wrong direction. And three, we have decided that God's will is the same as what we perceive as good. So God doesn't really have the chance to change us. We kind of change our our sense of who God is and what he demands. And so I'm going to say it this way. We have been seduced by our culture. I'm, I'm pausing there so you can think about it. We have been seduced by our own culture. Okay, the second one that I want to talk about today is progressivism, (laughs) which means importing the world's knowledge over God's wisdom and knowledge. So it's like becoming more modern. That's what it means to be progressive. We're becoming more modern. Who doesn't want to be more modern, right? (laughs) To the modern world, it makes sense to try out marriage by living together first and then committing to see if it works out. And I'd love to say that this only happens with non-believers, but it doesn't. It's happening with the believers. In my own congregation, I see this happening. Believers are doing this too, and they think it's fine. They think, well, sometimes it's a financial reason that they do it. Other times, it, it's they just uh, think it's okay. And look, statistics show that it doesn't work if you're uh, progressive, though facts aren't as important as knowing that you are becoming more modern. <laughs> the idea of homosexuality is normal, right, to a progressive, because they know better. Deciding what gender you are is progressive. Not only is this a case of becoming more modern, but if you don't believe what they believe, then you are called a hater. One of the characteristics of being a progressive is that you are extremely tolerant and accept um, people as to what they do Except if those people disagree with progressives. (laughs) And then they're not tolerant at all. In fact, they can be downright mean. (laughs) Okay. Our third concept of isms is relativism. This is a biggie. I mean, they're all biggies, right? So relativism means that truth changes based on the culture. In other words, the culture is allowed to change what truth is. So let's look at a a definition of sin. Now, you should think that a definition of sin would stay the same from generation to generation, but that's not true because it was different even from the 20th to the 21st century. So, as an example, homosexuality used to be a crime. Adultery used to be a crime. Various sexual crimes, including those, were against the law until the 21st century. And in some states, it's still against the law. 
relativism leads you to being your own God and deciding what the truth is. Relativism is a, is a redefining of truth, which makes no sense because in order for truth to be really truth, it can never change. That's why God's word is critical for our foundation and the foundation of our country, because God's word is truth. It is not relative. It does not change. Understand? Okay. Our fourth uh, one is called emotionalism. And uh, allowing our needs and our desires to direct our speech and our actions. And because we feel this way, it makes it right. Okay? So that's what self-centered behavior is. Children, you know, they are great examples of emotionalism. I want it now! (laughs) Right? Can you relate to some of that? But look, there are other examples here. A woman should have a choice about ending an unborn baby's life because of the way she feels? Come on now. Does anybody have the right to end a life? I realize the baby hasn't been born yet, but it's still a life, right? Heart beating and all that. So a woman, because of the way they feel, has the choice about ending that life. You know, when we're talking about emotionalism, our character changes based on our feelings instead of our feelings being led by our character. You get it? And then how often have you heard someone say, the God I serve wouldn't do that? Meaning that God is a good God, and so he wouldn't do things that I disagree with. (laughs) Some things God does will make us uncomfortable, right? (laughs) He punishes people, right? He allows bad things to happen to good people, and he allows suffering in the world. However, the same people who get upset with when you say he allows suffering in the world would get equally upset if God decided to make us robots and we all acted the same. So God can't win, right? (laughs) Oh, my. You know what? Um Well, let me just mention this one thought, and then we'll close today. As I mentioned, many of these start off with great intentions and seek to right a wrong, but then they lose their way. So the Me Too movement started in 2006 to help survivors of sexual violence, particularly black women and girls and other young women of color from low-wealth communities, find pathways to healing. That was their purpose. Sounds great. We could all support that. However, emotions got involved, and now they are politically the the police you know they they're the correction police and, and many bad cultural decisions have been made because of this movement 
and how it has uh, gotten into our society. Well, listen, we're going to keep this going next week, and then I even have something interesting to talk to you about next week, which should be uh, a fun discussion. Uh, you won't want to miss it. Uh, so we're about to uh, end the year. We certainly could use your financial support. We don't have business advertising to give us a revenue stream, so we depend completely on you, your, 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 your generosity at this time of year. So um, please feel free to call Karen, 813-831-5673. Also, come visit us on Friday nights and Saturdays. And if you have questions, uh, you can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or, or comments, or call Karen at 813-831-5673. I pray that this broadcast has touched your heart. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel